Hello, hey guys, welcome to another episode of Yesterday's Capers, the podcast that takes you back on the best ever trip down memory lane and looking back at some of the best TV shows and cartoons. I'm Abdullah Molim and thank you very much for joining us and we hope you continue with us on this epic journey. With me as ever is Chris Reeves from Dallas. Hey Chris, how's it going? Hey Abs, everything is great. That's good to hear, that's good to hear. So, tell us what you've been watching. Um, so, of course, like always, the things that we're going to talk about today. Yes, doing your homework, I like that. Right, right, right. Of course, I'm a good student. But um, I've also been watching Tuca and Birdie on Netflix. It's definitely not like a kid's show, like we mostly talk about. But uh, it's animated, it's wild. I'd heard a lot about it. Yeah. It's really crazy. <laughs> it is wild. Like, last week I was talking about how... Uh, Microsoft is like being in a fever dream. I'm, I take that back. Tuca and, Bird, <laughs> Tuca and Birdie is like being in a fever dream. But uh, it's really good. Uh, about halfway through the season. It's pretty much it, other than what we're talking about today. I mean, yeah, I know we were doing Malcolm in the Middle last week. And it's worth mentioning that the the actor that played Malcolm, Frankie Munitz, he's uh, unfortunately gone through some uh, medical issues of the last sort of few years. And I thought it would be worth bringing that up and just, you know, saying how unfortunate it is. And I really hope that he can make a full and speedy recovery in the in the best way possible. And I hope that he, he will be healthy one day. Because I, I don't know too much about it or the kind of the intricacies of it, but I know it's pretty bad. And like I said, I, I hope that he can... Uh, you can make a recovery someday. So, Frankie Munitz, we're thinking of you, mate, and uh, we hope you do make a, a full recovery. And uh, the other thing I wanted to to kind of mention was we got fan mail, Chris. Yeah, all right. I mean, I, I had to, like, read this twice, three times, whatever, just to be like, really? Someone's writing to us? Um, <laughs> yeah, his name is uh, Thomas Meehan. Apologies if I've uh, said your surname wrong. And he wrote to us by email saying, Hi, I'm a new listener. I enjoyed the first step. Keep up the great work and I can't wait to hear more. I have some suggestions. Thanks for looking. P.S. Sorry for the long list. And I'm British. Which I guess because you <laughs> said P.S. in the email. Right. Yeah. That's Don't so get British. more British than that. Yeah. Over here in the US, we would just say, here's a list. Do better. Yeah. Hey, asshole. How about you do a program we all like, huh? <laughs> hey, you're walking here. Your podcast sucks, guy. Yeah. Hey, how about you do something closer to home, huh? Do a show based in New York, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, as I said, he's, he's given us a ton of suggestions of programs that we should do down the line. And looking at the list, I'm, we're definitely going to be talking about some of these programs. So... There's no no danger, mate. We, we will definitely cover some of these shows. So, yeah, some of them include The Tweenies, The Teletubbies. I'm sure you enjoyed watching that, Chris, back in the 90s. Oh, boy, The Teletubbies. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think we might dedicate an entire episode on The Teletubbies. I can promise if we do that, I'm not going to do any research. <laughs> <laughs> you better do research. There were some riveting episodes of the Teletubbies. Mm-hmm. 
you know, when Twinkie, Twinkie, Tinky Winky, I was going to say Twinkie Winky, <laughs> Tinky Winky, yeah, Tinky Winky. He got up to all sorts with that handbag of his. Yeah, he was know. the one with the handbag. Yeah, Dipsy was the one with the hat. Lala had the the ball. No, Poe had the ball. Lala had the scooter. And I can just see Chris, Chris's soul ebbing away as we uh, talk about <laughs> Teletubbies. So, yeah, we'll... Uh, All I remember is that um, that baby in the sun. And that just gives me nightmares. He's, a, he's like a, a fully grown human being now. Yeah, probably as old as me. There was a thing on the internet about him actually becoming a dad. Yikes. But apparently I think it was a hoax, so... I mean... Call off call off the search. There's no... probably true. ...baby of a Teletubby baby. But <laughs> as, 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 as in life, you grow up, and yeah, he's, he's grown up, he's like a fully formed human being and everything, so... Right, let's uh, let's uh, let's move on to what we actually came here to talk about. And as I was saying, this is some of the most iconic European cartoons. So this is going to be a, a European flavor. So we're going to do a head to head of the Snorks and the Smurfs. So let's start with the Snorks. Come along with the Snorks. Swim along with the Snorks. And it came out in September 1984. And some of the things that were happening in that time was the first VMAs, MTV VMAs, took place. Uh-huh. And okay. Brit- Britain and China actually completed a proposed agreement to transfer Hong Kong to China by 1997. So that was when I think Hong Kong gained independence from the British Empire. And some of the songs, the song that was number one in the charts was Careless Whisper by George Michael. That was his first uh-huh. solo effort. Went all the way to number one with that, yes. And some of the biggest movies of the day was Footloose and Ghostbusters. Mm. Cracking film, cracking film. Both classics, yeah. Definitely. And yeah, so back to the Snorks. This is a American-Belgian slash American and Belgium animated television series produced by Hannah and Barbera again. I told you we're going to hear that name loads during this podcast. And... The idea or the concept came from an artist called Freddie Monique Kendam. Again, I'm not quite sure if I said the name right. And he basically acquired the rights from Nick Broker and they struck a deal with Hannah and Barbera to create the Snorks. And if you want to know what the Snorks are, it's basically a race of small, colourful beings that live happily in the undersea world of Snorkland. And basically the kind of backstory of the Snorks, which I think they kind of explain it in the opening credits of some of the um, some of the seasons. They venture onto the surface, some Snorks, and they believe that to be outer space. And the captain wound up in the water of the ship. And he is saved by the Snorks. And so he documents the whole thing in his logbook of the encounter with the Snorks. Throughout or some of the episodes of the Snorks, you have them having encounters with humans or as they would call it, outer space, because obviously they live in the in the bottom of the, the deep blue sea. And some of the, uh, the characters of the Snorks include All-Star, who's like the main sort of character, 
the kind of like the goody two shoes. He's like super talented and he can do everything. And then you've got Dimmy, who's like his best mate, who's like the orangey kind of snork. And then you've got Casey and Daphne, the kind of the, the female snorks. You've got Tutor, who doesn't really talk. He's just basically going, you know, and he's irritating self, just waddling about, not talking like the other snorks. And then you've got the kind of the rival junior who's like, I was going to swear, but I won't because it's a family show. But junior, he's a, he's a wrong'un, basically. He's always trying to get in the way of the other snorks and he's always trying to find sort of like shortcuts and schemes to kind of escape. And then you've got the pet octopus, Oki, who is meant to be the dog because he sounds like a dog even though he's uh, an octopus. So yeah, they they are they are the Snorks. And uh, one thing I will say about the Snorks is it might not be the best cartoon. It might not even be the most memorable cartoon. But for me, the theme song of the Snorks is probably the one I remember the most. And it's probably the one, one of the theme songs that most takes me back to my childhood, definitely. It's, it's that one theme song where you think, oh, that's my childhood. I'm five years old and I'm watching the Snorks and it's just so happy, you know, come along with the Snorks. It's just one of those you, it stays with you, I think. I mean, it is a, a banger of a theme song, but I, mm. it, it isn't the one that takes me back like that. I think, um, based on how you're describing it, I think it might have been a bigger deal in the UK than here. <laughs> like, it was definitely, like, a show every, kids watched. Not yeah. everyone, but kids yeah, watched yeah. it here. But it wasn't that big of a show here. Well, you know what? That you mentioned that. We'll talk about that later. We'll talk about the actual genuine rivalry between the Snorks and the Smurfs. But, yeah, I think... The creator of the Snorks came up with the idea just so that he could go head to head with the Smurfs. And it was always an uphill battle. But I think as well, I don't think the Snorks was something that was the most, again, the most popular show even here in the UK. And even though it's a, a European kind of show, I think if you kind of put it up against other shows and even other Hannah and Barbera shows, it's always going to struggle to break out of the pack. It's always going to be, oh, the Snorks. Okay, I, I remember the Snorks, I think. And only if you sing the theme song will people then remember, oh, yeah, the Snorks. But like, it's one of those where we just kind of sort of talking about it prior to the, the podcast with um, producer Paul which fair enough, he did remember the Snorks and he actually remembered most of the characters' names. But a lot of other people, it's like, uh, the Snorks? Okay, let me let me YouTube it. Let me see the, the intro. And then you'll be like, oh, okay, them, the Snorks. It's one of those, yeah, very put it to the side and you forget about it. Yeah, I mean, that's how I was really until seeing some for my research. Yeah. I, I remembered the song, but that was it. I couldn't have told you any of their names. <laughs> really what they did other than being underwater i mean if i was gun to my head and someone said okay what is the snorks about i would probably have gone out of my way and said okay i know the theme song and i remember junior because he was he was just a a little a little brown emoji a little poop yeah. emoji that's <laughs> who 
Junior was, and I, that and he's probably the one that I that I remember. But other than that, yeah, I I would I would struggle. I would really I couldn't put say, oh, this is an episode that I remember, and this is something that I remember. Like I I could probably remember myself watching this the snorks on on TV and when it came on, but like even when um, they kind of show old school cartoons now. The Snorks would be on pop, and that's like a really they they show the really obscure and cartoons that nobody really cares about. It wouldn't be on like a Boomerang or a Disney Channel or a Cartoon Network or a Nickelodeon. It's always the one where you you forget about it. It's whatever. It's the Snorks. Who cares? In terms of actual episodes of the Snorks, was there any episodes that you think ah oh, this is takes me back and I remember this in that episode. Um, to be honest, no. <laughs> but uh, one of the ones I watched... How about for research purposes? Did you do your homework, Chris Reeves? Right, yeah. So one of the ones <laughs> that I watched was how the snork was one, which was fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was really confusing. I actually watched it twice. Yeah. Because there were characters in there that I was like, what? And I would like look up, like, who is that? I don't remember that. And then I would like miss part of what was happening. And so I had to like go backwards. So basically there's the, the chief who's like the, he's got like the Indian headdress and things on, which is not a great look for a character. Yeah. And he, he like comes to visit Snorkland and he and the governor tell everyone, they like gather in a circle and they tell everyone how they founded Snorkland. And if I'm being Ah. honest, it doesn't make sense. Like, <laughs> it doesn't, especially. I also watched like early, like the pilot. Mm-hmm. And, like, you're talking about how some of that is with like, they're like going over out of the water yeah. and all this stuff. And it's like, this is not the same story that's happening here. And I didn't pick how the snorks were, how this, yeah, how the snork was one because I knew it. I picked it because it was on YouTube. <laughs> but. It was confusing. Yeah. You know, like, like it just didn't make sense. Like, it, I don't think they carried much about uh, staying canon. Right. The, the, their story very much. But I don't know. As we'll get into later, I, I liked it more than other stuff, I think. Yeah. For me, anyway, there was a couple of episodes. Well, there was one hooked for hooked on a feeling. So... Basically, there it kind of starts with a guy. He's like basically fishing. I'm not quite sure if he was trying to catch a snork or if he was trying to catch a fish. But either way, he gets a uh, an octopus, a female octopus, and he's using that as bait to catch whatever he is he's trying to catch. I don't think they were very clear on that. And Oki falls for that female octopus, and the female octopus is still kind of latched on. So Oki's like going all around the sea, trying to latch on to this, uh, to this female octopus. And he's trying to get to boots with her. Yes. By the way, people, that is a, an expression that I've come up with. Get to boots. That basically <laughs> means that he's trying it on and he's not successful because he's trying to hook but it's like, it's not a real female octopus. So that was, um, 
one interesting one. Another one was uh, Snorky Mania, which this is basically red goo drops down to the ocean from dry space. And basically the red goo makes all the snorks laugh. So essentially it's a drug. Uh-huh. So this red goo is just making them laugh uncontrollably and it's being called Snorky Mania. And so this is making them all laugh. It's causing havoc. It's making everybody lose their senses. Dimmy, one of the other snorks, was performing and he's not very funny, but then all the audience get thrown with this red goo stuff and all of a sudden he's like the funniest guy in Snorkland and he gets a job performing in the the discotheque of the Snorkland world, whichever, whatever it's called. Right. And yeah, the last sort of episode I'll talk about with um, the Snorks is all that glitters is not goldfish. And this is kind of more advanced episodes of the Snorks. And what they kind of did is they, they introduced a whole bunch of characters and they kind of make you almost forget about the original cast. So in a way, like towards the end of the series, we, we don't see like Dimmy, we won't see Junior, we won't see like Daphne and all of the, the main characters that we know. So, and, and basically in this one, there's a Jojo and Cassie. They take a snork called Corky on vacation and they run into Prince Eli of Seagypt. Not Egypt, Seagypt. <laughs> nice pun. And they are trying to... No, no, it's not a pun. This is actually the name of the place. It's Seagypt. No pun intended, sir. Okay, all right. This is... (laughs) My mistake. (laughs) I wish I was funny enough to come up with Seagypt and where anything else that goes with it. But yeah, but... And Prince Eli, he's trying to stop his sister, Princess Alexandria, from taking over the kingdom. So they're trying to help Princess Eli, but I mean, Princess Prince Eli, they're trying to help him. And he's a bit of a, a sneak himself. So yeah, they eventually works out for Prince Eli and he kind of regains control of Egypt or the kingdom, so to speak. So yeah, that was, um, the interesting thing about the Snorks was this typical Hanon Barbera where they just introduce a whole bunch of random characters. If you look at some of the Hanna-Barbera cartoons, they've just always, what they kind of do is they'll just introduce a random character out of nowhere, whether it's Bam Bam, the baby in Flintstones. It is Bam Bam, right? Yeah. And and Pebbles. Oh, Pebbles, yes. Pebbles, thank you for that, Paul. We'll, uh, we'll probably talk about that when we do the Flintstones. And obviously in Scooby-Doo, they've got Scrappy-Doo, and they've got the other dog who's gray i can't remember what his name was but he was another one and yeah with the snorks it was like they just introduced a whole bunch of characters and a whole bunch of villains and actually it it made for good watching because it freshened it up and they've managed to squeeze a a few seasons out of it because they went all the way to 1989 so bringing new characters and bringing new episodes and things like that, you know, they, they had a, they had a pretty long run. So, but then again, it will make for incredibly confusing watching because you're like, who the hell is this person? And who the hell are you? Where the hell's all star? Where's junior? Where's that was the issue in that one I was talking about. 
was that it was like, who are all these people? Because it was from <laughs> season four. So yeah, it was from there you go. season. Yeah. So I was like, who is this chief guy? And I don't even remember a mayor. Like, what is that? This mm. is... So it all threw me off. I'm like, who's, who's Jojo? Who's Cork? Yeah. Where are they going with this guy? Like, where the hell's All Star? Do something, yeah. do something corny, All Star. We're waiting for you. Uh, All Star didn't really do anything in that episode. Like, mm. had a few lines in like the flashback of the story, but like, yeah, not really. Mostly just sat there and listened to them tell the story. And yeah, yeah. It was weird. It was, and uh, moving on now to the Smurfs. Smurf along with me. This now takes us back to September of 1981. Now, some of the, the things that happened in the world was the Sydney Tower, the fifth tallest building in the world, opened to the public. Hmm. Also, Simon and Garfunkel reunited to perform in front of 500,000 people in Central Park. So that hmm. was a pretty, uh, pretty awesome moment. And the uh, Chariots of Fire hit the cinemas in September oh, okay. 1981. Classic. They actually brought that back for the uh, 2012 Olympics. It was mm-hmm. like the kind of music they would play when somebody won the gold medal. So he'd be like, you know, oh, congratulations to this person and he won the gold medal. And he'd be like, doom, 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 I love that. And uh, the song that was uh, in the charts was uh, Adam and the Ants with Prince Charming. Don't you ever, don't you ever stop being dandy, showing me your hands. you familiar with this uh, song? No, I don't think I know it by name. I know Adam Ant. But, ah. Don't you ever, don't you ever, na 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 na, nothing to be said. Oh, Prince Charming, Prince Charming. Yeah, that was probably their, oh, his, yeah, their biggest song. Incredibly catchy song. Sorry, man, don't know it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and yeah, now we're going on to the Smurfs, which again was a, a Hannah and Barbera Productions. It was based on uh, the uh, comic series from Belgium, created mm-hmm. by Pierre Colliford, or he was known as Peo. Mm-hmm. And the original name was Le Strompfs. Again, if I've said it wrong in French or Flemish, Belgian, I apologize. I do know that we have a couple of Belgian listeners, so if I've pronounced anything wrong, then I... Please accept my uh, sincere apologies. Uh, anyway, it's uh, basically centered on a fictional colony of blue, small, human-like creatures that live in mushroom-shaped houses in the forests. Now, one of the uh, the things about the Smurfs, which I think you and I did kind of touch upon, was it's, it ends up being really annoying how they kind of just say Smurf everything. So... Oh, I'm really gonna smurf you and Oh no, we have been smurfed! Oh oh smurfing hell and you know every every other thing is just smurf, 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 and there's Paul just laughing his head off there in the Yeah, I was really worried that I had forgotten that the snorks would do that too. Yeah, at least <laughs> at least yeah. they really only do it very small. Yeah, in in small doses, whereas 
in in the the, the the Smurfs, it was like every other sentence was Smurf, Smurf. Oh, right. would you like a Smurf berry? Ooh, yeah. can I have that with my Smurf cake? Or can I have it with my Smurf steak and my Smurf this? There's a, there is actually an interesting story behind this. And basically, this is Peo. He's having dinner with a colleague Andre Franquin and they like he forgot the word salt so he says can you pass the salt and then Franquin jokingly replies here's the strumpf and when mm. you've done strumpfing strumpf it back and that whole weekend they were just talking in strumpf language which was then later be translated as smurf so that whole kind of idea of everything being Smurf, 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 Smurf came from them two just having a, a conversation and it just turned to, okay, let's just Smurf this and Smurf that. And and that's how it, it came from that. And when you think about that anecdote and that story, it kind of, you look at it and think, okay, that that really makes a whole bunch of sense. Okay, now now what I'm going to do is we're going to play a, a sort of a word association-ish kind of game. So I have here with me a list of names of Smurfs, and I want to see how much you can <laughs> name the different kinds of Smurfs. Oh, boy. I won't I won't name Papa Smurf and, and Smurfette. We'll put those to the side because they're probably the most common Smurfs. But it, obviously, if I say a Smurf, then you say a Smurf, and... We'll try and go back and forth for as, as long as we can. And then if not, oh, I'll just boy. I'll just run down the list. It's okay. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, I'll just be up front before we start. I was also confused who was who at first when I started <laughs> watching back. I mean, the, 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 their personalities are more distinct. Than yeah, themselves. yeah, yeah. But it still took me a little bit. So I'm probably going to be bad at this, but let's go That's all right. Yep. Do you want to go first? Uh, sure. Brainy. Grouchy. Oh, boy. Uh... <laughs> I think I'm checked out. <laughs> you than, you can't be checked out. Papa. I, I, I mean, like I you am. know, there was something that was online that kind of made me laugh. You know, Jokey Smurf. Oh, yeah. Oh. Because his whole premise is going, hey, I got a present for you. <laughs> and he yeah. just gives them a box and it just kind of blows up. And so... <laughs> And basically, online, someone put in brackets, terrorist Smurf. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm yeah, like, he's a freaking nightmare. <laughs> he's like, you know, oh, Smurf, <laughs> I got a present for you. <laughs> and it's like, he gives him the box and he's just like, Poof, just blows up. Right. And it's just, he does that every time. And it's like, you're all idiots because he's basically treating you lot like a bunch of mugs. Okay, other other Smurfs that you could have gone for was Grouchy Smurf. I hate everything. You could have had Chef Smurf. Oh, Chef wasn't in the one, the the two that I watched. I he didn't even show up. You could have had Greedy Smurf. Oh yeah. You could have had Vanity Smurf. You could have had Handy Smurf. Oh yeah. I, I believe there was a Lazy Smurf. Also, there was Harmony Smurf, Painter Smurf, Poet Smurf, my favorite named Alchemist Smurf. 
There was Tracker Smurf, Scaredy Smurf, and obviously, as I had mentioned, Papa Smurf and Smurfette. Right. And do you know how old Papa Smurf is? No, because I, I feel like it's just like, oh, he's Smurf years old or something. <laughs> Why don't you uh, take a, a wild guess? I don't know, like 200? Higher. Yeah. I figured it was just like 600, 582. I don't know. They're not a million miles away. He was um, 543 years old. Uh-huh. During the whole run? He's always 543? I would imagine... I think he there is an episode where he has a birthday. Mm-hmm. So then he okay. will turn 544. So that was... Uh, I, that that is uh, all the Smurfs that I could uh, that I could uh, come up with. Let's talk about some of the iconic or the most memorable episodes of the Smurfs, or in your case, what you just stumbled across on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, so I watched two of them. I watched <laughs> Smurfany and C because I always like something that's sort of like a symphony type pun. So I was I thinking, was it Ebony and Ivory? No, it was supposed to be. I think like Rhapsody and G. Ah, funny and see, I don't know. It's a little bit of a stretch, but so I was like, all right, I got to see what that's about. And then I also watched one called Haunted Smurf. Okay. Um, Neither of them particularly good. (laughs) I didn't have a great time. (laughs) Uh, So in Smurfany and see, Gargamel tricks Harmony and she puts everybody into sleep, like a really deep sleep. Okay. And um, then Gargamel just kind of like wrecks shop and then uh, Harmony like fixes it. And then he, you know, he goes back to his little, uh, I guess it's like a cottage. Lair. He has lair. Um, (laughs) And that's pretty much it. Like, a lot of them are asleep pretty much all of the episode. (laughs) So that wasn't great for the game. And then uh, in Haunted Smurf, it was sort of like a Scooby-Doo episode or something. Mm. Where, like, they're kind of... I guess short on food. They're not totally clear. It's just like, hey, we need to go get some food. And it's like, oh, look at that creepy castle. We should go in there. It's pretty much like, I think just Smurfette and uh, Jokey and Brainy. I think there's only like three of them, I think, that went. And they think the castle is haunted. But of course, like Jokey is being a jerk. And he's like, look over there. And he just like blows up something in their face. <laughs> The other two are like scared for their lives and he's blowing up boxes in their faces. What did I tell you about blowing stuff up? As Papa Smurf always says, you should never blow anything up. We're we're worried for our lives here and you're just playing pranks. You should know better. (laughs) I mean, that's pretty much it. They leave and they go back without food. I guess. <laughs> That's a, it's, not, it's not a happy ending, that, is it? No, not really. Yeah, because normally it's always like they're beating Gargamel and Azriel, and it's always ending with him going, yeah, I'll get you, Smurfs, if it's the last thing I do. Yeah, and, yeah actually, because there's a lot of them on YouTube. Right. So I went through the episode list to be like, if any of these jump out, <laughs> none of them really did. So that's why I just kind of picked. Well, for me... We were talking about Papa Smurf's age. This episode annoyed me because the Fountain of Smurf is basically the Smurfs give Papa Smurf a drink from the Fountain of Youth. It's like you don't need the Fountain of Youth 
You ain't never going to die. You're Papa Smurf. You don't need no fountain of youth. Yeah. That right? doesn't make sense, buddy. You're like a mortal. Yeah. And then in the end, it's like they enlist Gargamel's help to get the book that has the spell to return Papa Smurf to his old self. Because obviously they didn't, I don't think they necessarily liked Papa Smurf being all young and whatnot right. with the fountain of youth. It's like, oh, let's, let's turn him back. And this is where they have to like cut a deal with uh, Gargamel to uh, try and get this magic book of his and try and turn him back to normal. Yeah, I actually do think I remember that. Like he ended up looking more like all the other Smurfs, right? Yeah. So it was, like really confusing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but his it, voice didn't change, right? Yeah, and I'm I'm guessing he still kept his red hat as well. Right. Yeah, I think that's what happened. Uh one episode was was significant was the Smurfette. So this was Gargamel, he created a a Smurfette to try and lure the Smurf into his hands. Cuz obviously yeah, because we were all thinking, if you're watching the Smurfs or if you're talking about the Smurfs, you're thinking, oh, Smurfette is, you know, part of the clan. She's part of the the mob, so to speak, part of the Smurf mob, but she's not. She was created by Gargamel, and she originally had black hair instead of blonde hair. He uses her to try and get the Smurfs into his hands, but in the end, she lives with the Smurfs, and she's hanging out with them, and she realizes that she likes it here, and she... She likes being a Smurf and she wants to be one, be one for real. And so in the end, she saves the Smurfs from Gargamel and Papa Smurf says, look, this is you, you are now a true Smurf because you, you went out of your way to, to save us all. So really and truly, you're, you're one of us. And so that was a, a real, a real eye opener, a yeah, real kind of cool. like, yeah, this is straight out of the gate. Like, this is... Because I looked online, and on some sites, they say that this is the pilot, but I've read somewhere else that something else is the pilot, and the Smurfette episode just kind of comes along later on. But surely hmm. the episode that introduces a mainstay should be the pilot, right? At least very early on, yeah. Yeah, because if you're going to introduce Smurfette, you're going to say, look, this is... Uh, a significant character in in the Smurfs, and Smurfette is a significant character. You want to get her out from the gate, like this is Smurfette. Boom, away you go. This is the Smurfs with Smurfette now. But yeah, that was uh, an interesting uh, an episode in and of itself. Another one that I kind of watched, which was okay, was Romeo and Smurfette, which was quite weird because I used to think they were all brother and sister, but Handy, Handy Smurf and Hefty Smurf are sort of fighting over over who will marry Smurfette because they both fancier. And in this episode as well, Gargamel is basically like, you know, I created you, Smurfette. I want you back, and I want you under my spell again. So that was uh, an interesting backdrop in that episode. That's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it is, yeah. And uh, one of the other thing about the Smurfs is, I don't know about you, but I got quite a lot of uh, communism vibes from the Smurfs, sure. you know, with all of them being together in a collective, they're all kind of working for the uh, the greater purpose of working for each other. You kind of got the Karl Marx 
looking Papa Smurf with his white beard and Right. Yeah, there was one that I started to watch and I was like, I can't deal with this. <laughs> um, I didn't actually look up what it was called. Uh, the Smurfs uh, try capitalism. No. Oh, actually, here it is. Uh, Turncoat Smurf. Ooh. So it starts that Papa Smurf is like, I've been doing all this work. I'm exhausted. And he decides to put himself to sleep for three days. Ah, I know this one. It, and it's brain each job to make sure everybody else continues to do their work. Yeah. I don't know why we have to have a job that everyone does. I don't know why the storyline is that it has to continue to get done while Papa Smurf takes a break. And that's enough. I can't do this one. (laughs) That is a hundred percent like a Karl Marx communism type thing. And it was just too much for me. (laughs) Right. And that will bring us now nicely to deciding which show was the best. So which one are you going for? I'm definitely going Snorks. The Smurfs are just overall annoying. <laughs> the, the theme song is la, just, la, 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 la. It's actually got like a military kind of vibe to it. Because it's like, you know, you can march to that. It's the kind of music that you can sort of march to and kind of get everybody assembled. La, 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 Smurfs fall in line. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was gonna say it's almost like the the kids' cartoon version of that uh, Eiffel sixty five song, Blue. <laughs> it's it's gets stuck in your head, and you just like can't yeah. escape it. But to you be fair, that is like a classic. It. I mean, okay, but in America, it's like nobody really likes that song. It just it's like an earworm, mate. It was I- massive in Europe, as I mean, you may not be surprised. Here, yeah, it was number one here yeah. as well. It's not the same. It, it was like, <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, it's just like a. It, the theme song is not that good, <laughs> but everyone kind of remembers it because it gets stuck in their head. Right? Yeah. But the the Snorks theme song is an actual song. Yeah. It's 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 good for the time. They're uh, they're not saying snork everything. Yeah. Do you know what I really liked? I really liked the Snorks's ending. So the. Mm-hmm. I really I really like that as a as a closing theme. And then obviously you got the uh come along with the snocks, me me, me, me swim along right. with the snock. Yeah, it's just it's, yeah, it's it's when I just think of that song, it's one of those where your my mind is transported back to when I was five or six years old or however old I was, it, it's one of those theme songs. It's going to be a couple and we'll probably talk about yeah. that in a moment. But with the Snorks' theme song, it's one that oh, it takes me back and I just think, oh, my childhood. I will say, though, I don't think the Snorks is like a particularly better show. <laughs> the, 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 the stories aren't like more interesting or anything. They also don't make a ton of sense. But yeah. I would rather watch that over the Smurfs. Well, I think Freddie Monikandam will thank me because I'm also going to go with the Snorks. I actually did like the Snorks as a, as a cartoon. Again, look, it might not make my top five. It might not even make my top 10. It might not even make my top 20. But I, I like the Snorks. I, I thought it was, I thought it was a, a nice, a nice little cartoon that you can kind of watch. 
as a filler kind of thing. You can sit down and watch it. They were like, I think, 10 minutes long. At least the first couple of seasons, they were like 10 minutes long. Very easy to to just sit down and watch. I did like how they developed it and kind of brought in new characters and kind of brought in new concepts and stories. They didn't just focus it on the main characters as such. So in a way, if you're thinking, oh, where's All-Star or where's Junior or where's where's Tudor or where's the other characters? It's like, okay, you know, those characters are there and we love them and I'm going to let you finish, but I'm going to bring over some brand new characters and some brand new ideas and and concepts. I think, to be fair, the Smurfs kind of did that too. So in a way that they were, I think there was one kind of episode where they're helping Lancelot and Merlin get Excalibur's sword or something like that. There was a, a really random Snorks episode I just watched in passing. Yeah. So in a way, yeah, they, they both did develop the stories, but I kind of like how the Snorks developed it more so than more so than the Smurfs. And, you know, Frederick Monikandam, his kind of idea was to rival the Smurfs, like really go toe-to-toe, head-to-head. I'm going to create something that's going to take the Smurfs out. But unfortunately for him, it never quite worked out because the, the, the Snorks never really reached the highs that the Smurfs did in terms of popular culture in the UK and, and in America. So like yeah. sometimes when you guys might be listening and thinking, oh, these head-to-heads are really random and they don't make sense. This head-to-head really makes the absolute sense. So you kind of got this guy who was part of the the creation of the Smurfs. He was part of the whole setup, but he didn't really like how it was sort of pitched to Hannah and Barbera. So he said, you know what? Screw you. I'm going to create my own cute little creatures. and I'm going to call it the Snorks and I'm going to go head-to-head with the Smurfs and hopefully I'll come out on top. But unfortunately for him, he didn't come out on top. And in terms of success and numbers and that sort of, that sort of jazz, I'm afraid it was kind of like the, the, the Smurfs kind of had the Snorks beat, but you and I are going with the Snorks. So that means three times in a row we've agreed yeah, <laughs> I thought when I started doing research, I'd probably pick the Smurfs, but I just really didn't like watching it, so yeah, I can't go with it. It got on your Smurfing nerves. Yeah, and I, I didn't really even like it that much as a kid. Did you not? Not really. I thought it was kind of right. The uh, the Smurfs. It's again. It's one of those you watch it as a kid. It's enjoyable. It's memorable. It's it's Hannah and Barbera. So it's forced down your throat because it's like everything is Hannah and Barbera you kind of have to get used to the the end credits of going bing with the little star and it says Hannah and Barbera and then the other one was like with Hannah and Barbera at the end so forced down your throats yeah right let's uh Let's move on to the main event. Now, I've been I've been looking forward to talking about this show now 
since I came up with the idea of yesterday's capers. So let's go to September 1987. And some of the things that happens was Margaret Thatcher was just settling into her third term as prime minister. And this was when Ronald Reagan famously told Gorbachev to tear down the wall mm-hmm. during a, a visit to Berlin. I think we did talk about the Berlin Wall, didn't we? Uh, yeah. We talked about it when it was built, wasn't it? For when we were talking yep. about Top Cat when it came out. Right. And uh, Dirty Dancing was the kind of film that was out at that time. And the number one song was Rick Astley, Never Gonna Give You Up. Oh, no. Absolute classic. It's like if you look up one hit wonder in the dictionary, it would be Rick Astley, never going to give you up. I mean, yeah, but that's a hell of a hit. It is. It's one of those, yeah, I'll uh, I'll go out with this one. And, of course, this was DuckTales. Woo! Life is like a hurricane here in Duckbird. Race cars, lasers, aeroplanes. It's a duck blur. Solve a mystery or rewrite history. Oh. <laughs> We're talking about theme songs that are so memorable. Like, you don't get more memorable than DuckTales. Yeah, this is the one for me that would take me instantly back to my childhood. Oh, me too. Even like. I lived and breathed DuckTales. Uh, you know what? One thing I will say, like, out of the gate with DuckTales. With the new series and the old series, DuckTales is a lot better than I gave it credit for. I mean, don't get me wrong, I, I did love it as a kid, but I'm watching it now. And even the ones that were out in the 80s, they hold up pretty well. Yeah, yeah. Really, they They're do. They're really good. Yeah. And the new series, I think that's fantastic. Yeah, I think they've so done a marvelous job with the new DuckTales, even with the... Uh, the new, they kind of sort of updated it with the characters and the theme song. I think what we should do with with DuckTales, because I think we could dedicate an entire episode. I think we should talk about the the 1987 version and talk about the yeah. 2017 version and kind of put them up against each other because it's one of those where you can sort of compare and contrast, and there's some similarities and there's some some subtle uh, differences. Now, um, in 1987. The theme song was performed by Jeff Passetto and it was written by Mark Muller, who is like a famous songwriter. He's written a ton of, ton of hits. One of the hits that he wrote that kind of springs to mind for me was Crush by uh, Jennifer Page. It's just uh, a little crush. Oh, I do. Every time we turn. Yeah, that that song. He, He wrote that song. He wrote... He wrote a ton of pop hits. I think he even wrote songs for like 
Justin Timberlake. I think he may have wrote some songs for NSYNC, maybe. So, yeah, he's a very famous writer of songs. He even wrote the uh, Chippendale Rescue Rangers theme song. Yeah, I was about to ask if he did. Yes, Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Yeah, we'll probably end up doing that one, too. We absolutely will. That is 100% my favorite show. Oh, there you go. There you go. And this was actually the first Disney sort of cartoon or Disney production that was produced for weekly syndication. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of, um, as we just said now, we kind of paved the way for Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers, for Tailspin. So it kind of opened that door for Disney to kind of think, you know what, we, we can really corner the market with weekly television. You know, we don't just have to rely on movies and whatnot. Yeah. And, you know, it kind of, begins with um donald duck he decides to join the navy and he basically gets his uncle scrooge mcduck to to look after his nephews huey dewey and louie mm-hmm. so obviously he's reluctant to kind of do it but then he kind of realizes oh the, these kids are quite clever they can definitely help me out and you know, and he sees how resourceful they are and he kind of sorts of takes them on adventures and, you know, they're traveling in and around the world or whether they're in in Duckburg when, you know, things are happening there. And I think one of the thing about DuckTales, I'll say before I'll uh, hand it over to you, it's, um, I think the kind of themes of DuckTales was always, one theme was either they're thwarting the attempts of villains, whether it's, Magica Dispel, who I think is superb. I love her so much. Yeah. Or whether it's the, the Beagle Boys, they're trying to thwart them. Or it's kind of like a race for treasure where Scrooge McDuck is thinking, oh, I've got this treasure. I'm going to go to the ends of the world to try and find it. And the third kind of theme is, you know, focusing on a particular character, whether it's uh, Webby or whether it's her, her grandma. Was it Bettina? I think the, yeah. the name of the grandma, yeah. And so with uh, with DuckTales, so tell me, you know, what's what's the first thing that springs to mind? Uh, Other than the theme song. Yeah, yeah, of course the theme song. <laughs> so um, I watched the pilot, but you were already talking some about that, but mostly because I've been watching as soon as everyone yeah, comes out, the yeah, new one. Yeah. And I couldn't entirely remember how the 80s one remember, uh, started. It's a five-part pilot. pilot. So it was... Yeah is basically um, Scrooge is trying to, like, fight off El Capitan and the Beagle Boys, and they're looking for this particular treasure or dime. Well, that's sort of the last thing I, I Yeah, that was... was the, the one when he has gold fever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was one that I, I, I feel like I'll never forget. Yeah. Gold fever seemed like such a real disease yeah. when I was a kid <laughs> that, like, you really had to watch out was that for. In An- you know? An- Antarctica is when they go to Antarctica, isn't it? And then that's when he gets the, the gold fever. Yeah, they go, like, to the Valley of the Golden Sun. Yeah. And, and yeah, like, I, 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 was, I would, like, see, like, a penny or something yeah. on the ground and be like, don't touch it, you're going to get gold fever. <laughs> if you have too many pennies in your pocket, you yeah. be careful. Yeah. Like, it's it just seemed so real to me when I was, like, mm. you know, like six i guess probably when i saw it yeah i think the reason why they did a five-parter for me was because i think they wanted to keep audiences 
So like when you're watching episode one, it'll be to be continued. Episode two, to be continued. Episode three, to be continued. So and so and so. And so. It went five episodes just doing this one particular story. And on the way, we will meet, you know, Launchpad. We meet Bettina, as I said. We meet Webby Gale or Webby van der Quack. So we meet all these kind of different characters along the way and they kind of sort of get involved and they get to know everybody. And so like Webby kind of becomes essentially the fourth out of the, um, out of the group. So she, you know, at first the, the three boys are quite skeptical. They don't really like her, but you know, they kind of step up to the plate and they kind of help out. Cause I think, yeah, Bettina is like the, the housemaid. And she doesn't want to be paid. Her kind of price is, oh, I just want a home for Webby Gale and myself. So that's how they kind of get involved and they sort of get to know each other. And one thing that I loved about DuckTales, and it might be a small thing, is the consistency of Donald Duck, the character. Yep. Absolutely. Now, if Donald Duck came across in DuckTales as being all of a sudden competent, I would have been like, what the hell? Hell no. Yeah. Donald Duck is the one I remember who couldn't shut the tap and go to bed. Right. And he's the most ditziest, clumsiest thing that Walt Disney probably ever came up with. And in DuckTales, he is exactly the same. He even talks the same. You know, <laughs> with his duck going, you know, yep. it's, I love that so much. Yeah. Uh, that's why I wanted to go back to the beginning because I couldn't remember how his, like, I guess it's in quotes, but how his yeah. story works. Yeah. Um, because in the new one, it's a little different. Mm. But they do the same thing where they have his character being yeah, consistent. Yeah. But I couldn't remember like why Scrooge got involved. Oh, okay. In yeah. The, in the original yeah. one. So he joins and, the Navy. Yeah. yeah, he joins the Navy, right. But in the in the new one, it's like mm. he's on job interview. Yeah, he's and, and he just needs Scrooge to just like watch him for a few hours. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, it goes from there. But Yeah. And I think as well with um with with Donald Duck, it's kinda like he appears in the in the pilot i think he where they go on a certain adventure and how him and launchpad don't really get on because launchpad's like i don't understand a word he's saying because <laughs> yeah. you know going, ah, stupid. and launchpad's like oh what the hell are you talking about sort of thing yeah he's like what's with this guy yeah <laughs> that made me laugh so much yeah. And Launchpad is a character that I like, you know. Oh, if it has wings, I can crash it. That's like his famous sort yeah. of line and everything. Yeah, he just, he crashes everything. And he's, again, he's just as clumsy as Donald Duck. So I don't really know why Launchpad is, you know, giving it the big and why he's, you know, talking absolute cobblers where it's like, you know, you're a, you're a goofball yourself. But uh, yeah. And also, okay, the, my one criticism of DuckTales would be the voice of Scrooge McDuck back then. Because it was done by a uh, voice actor, Alan Young. And he's British. Surely a Brit can do a better Scottish accent than that. I don't think that they were trying to be accurate with it, though. Yeah, I, I think they were like, they were taking the mick. Like, they were, 
it was kind of like a oh we're gonna do a stereotypical Scotch voice, you know, going, Oh, I'm Scrooge McDuck. Aye, fellas. And I'm going to get all of the gold and, you know, all that, all that rubbish. But I'm yeah. thinking, I don't know. Maybe it's because I have bad, bad memories of Dick Van Dyke and Mary Poppins and, Oh, step in line, step in line, step in line. And that annoys me more than you could ever imagine. And so I'm watching Scrooge McDuck and I'm thinking it would have been cheaper to literally get some bulk from Glasgow to just do the the freaking thing instead of paying this Alan Young fella millions and millions of pounds to do a really to do a botch job Scottish accent. But, you know, as you were saying, maybe it's part of the fun. Maybe it's they thought it was cute. Yeah, I mean. That's all I can figure out. I mean, all the stuff you're saying seems accurate to me, but I, I wouldn't have any reference for it being American, so it all always seemed fine to me. It doesn't bother me now. Um, I actually honestly think I prefer it to what David Tennant does in the new one. Well, David Tennant has the distinct advantage of actually being Scottish. Right. So, <laughs> like, that means it's more accurate. Yeah. It took me a little bit to get used to that when I started watching the new one, so... I mean, maybe it was like American friendly to do the the Scottish accent in that way, because then obviously if you are going to get someone from like Govan Glasgow to like do a Scottish accent, then, you know, it might be a incredibly difficult for American viewers to like really understand what what is going on. Right. Yeah, I think that's probably what the point was. I mean, like back in like 87, mm. Disney wasn't quite global. Like now it seems impossible to think about it, but yeah. sort of just thinking about it now. Yeah. I don't, think, yeah. Uh, I don't think they'd open their Disneyland in other countries or anything yet. Maybe they have, but I, it would have been really early right. on. Right. So mm-hmm. now they're a little more considerate about like yeah. international audiences, but back then they probably didn't even think about it. And so in terms of, let's talk about some of the iconic episodes of the uh, 1987 DuckTales. So what are the some of the episodes that you can remember that you think, oh, these are pretty awesome? Well, there was a couple that I wanted to go back and watch. I only had time to get through one. Right. But one that I wanted to watch that I wasn't able to get to, it's something like 007, 00, maybe 00 Duck. Yeah, yeah, like that, that rings a bell. Yeah. That definitely <laughs> rings a bell, 00 Duck. Brilliant. It's like a James Bond parody. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. Bad. Has like an alter ego and he's like a super spy. And I just, that one was one I was like, wow. Does that super spy have his own show? Uh, Yeah, eventually he does. Yeah, he. it's sort of like a Darkwing Duck type. Yeah. Thing, which is why Launchpad eventually really likes Darkwing Duck and this whole thing. Yeah. And I wanted to watch the one where that like starts, but I, I didn't, I didn't get to do that. His, yeah. his, uh, his spy name is Bruno Von Beek. Yeah, I watched the the Bruno von Beek origin story, but I didn't quite get to that because uh, I watched all that pilot stuff, uh-huh. and I also watched the Raiders of the Lost Harp. <laughs> um, I re- I kind of remembered it, but also yeah. uh, based on us talking a little bit about that last time, I was like, well, that'll be a fun thing to watch. Yeah, that one's more of a villain of the week thing, but it does have Magicka in it. Ah, <sighs> they have to go after like this magical harp. Right, right. And I also like that one because that's part of what they put into the the DuckTales Nintendo game. Ah. That's also so iconic. Uh, the Magic Harp is also in there. Yeah. 
So they want to get the harp. Magica also wants it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so uh, they do some of the um, raiders things where, like, a boulder chases them and some of that type thing. I remember there's one, too, where they do, like, some kind of time travel stuff, kind of like a Back to the Future type thing. Ah. But I didn't get to watch that one either. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, for me, again, as I was talking about before, I love Magica. I think she's just the absolute best. Again, I, I have a thing for villains. I love a good villain. I love a good antagonist who kind of gets in the way of everything. So sending the clones is basically Magica kind of devises a way to try and steal the the number one dime. And she right. makes a spell making the Beagle Boys look like Huey, Dewey and Louie. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she's doing everything she can. But then Scrooge McDuck kind of tricks her into giving her a fake number one dime and he has the real one. And so he's like, you know, I'll get you for this. And yeah, and, and the other one was catch as cash can. So Glumgold and Scrooge, so Glumgold, the, the big rival of Scrooge McDuck, they compete in a contest where the winner will become like the world's richest duck or something. And so, you know, they're trying to like work it out. They're, you know, they're rivals. And I think Glomgold is actually from South Africa, isn't he? He's, he's not Scottish yeah. like Scrooge. So that was uh, an interesting uh, thing about Glomgold. He's Scottish in the new one. Oh, is he? Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. And so that was a, a really interesting one. So let's... Uh, Are you done talking about episodes? Um, yeah, you, you go on, mate. Well, I thought for sure you were going to bring up the one where the Beagle Boys um, are like a pop group. And and it's it's basically like they're doing Beatle Mania, but it's Beagle Mania. Oh, my God. How have I not talked about that? Oh, I don't think I I don't think I watched that one in my uh, in my research. No, that is. Yeah, I didn't get to watch that one either, but I just I wasn't worried about it because I thought for sure you were going to do it. Ooh, no, no, no. I mean, to be honest, I was watching episodes with Magicka in it. Yeah, well, Magica is awesome. Yeah, with a European accent, and you know, you got the uh, the Raven by her side. Oh, what was his yeah. name? Poe. <laughs> oh yeah, Poe. Should have known that. Not the Teletubby Poe, but Poe P O E. Yeah, like like Edgar Allan yeah. Poe's Raven. Yeah, 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 yeah. So let's uh, let's go on to the 2017 Ducktales. Now, I mean, I don't really know what the kind of demand was or what kind of the uh, the thing about DuckTales was and why it was brought back. But I'm really glad it got brought back. I think it's fantastic. I'm definitely going to watch it throughout. And whenever season three comes out, I will definitely watch that. I think it's like season two, I think, hasn't actually ended. I Has think it not? Just like, I think I did I think... see something about season three. Or was it that it was being commissioned? Well, I mean, they're definitely going to do it again yeah, yeah, for a yeah. while, but I know that the show comes back yeah. in September, Yeah, but the way that the last episode ended uh, is sort of like a cliffhanger. Oh. I don't know if it's supposed to be the start of season yeah. three. It doesn't yeah. really matter, yeah. because with cartoons, it's not really much of a thing, but um, they are doing a continuous story I love a little that. more than, than the old one does. Yeah. And I think some of the themes they cover in the new version is very, very good. So, like, they introduce us to Della Duck, who's the mother yeah, which of I absolutely Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Because the episode one ends with, I think, Dewey sees a picture and he's like, yeah. Mom! And it yeah. kind of ends that way. So I thought that was really, really cool. 
Yeah, yeah, it's super cool. I absolutely love the Teletuck story. Yeah. I have a lot of a, a lot of stuff about that that if we're going more in depth in like the this one and another episode, then I'll save that. But the Della Duck stuff is really important to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the, the one where oh, how how far in the show have you watched? I'm well into like season one, so I know about Della and some of the stuff. So basically, she's trying to she comes back and she's. I think nothing can stop Della Duck was the episode. So she's trying to get out of, um, that's when she, oh, the moon. Back. Yeah. So I think she's yeah, so stuck in she, space somewhere and she's trying to, yeah, there's a few episodes where like you figure out where she's been. Yeah. And then when she gets back, that's, um, nothing can stop Della Duck. And yeah. She's like trying to figure out how to adjust and like, I think the one where they're looking for her. So like clues of her disappearance. So like, yeah, there's one like that in season one. But they don't really tell, do they? Because they they're kind of doing it in secret, aren't they? So they kind of tell amongst each other, and then they all of a sudden like did like I don't remember what it was called, but it was just uh, oh no, I do know. It's whatever happened to Della Duck. Yeah, and um, it shows her on the moon, and it's I've watched that episode um probably six times <laughs> i absolutely love that episode it's yeah really important yeah to me. Like, yeah the idea that she's like doing all this stuff all that time like i don't want to totally spoil some of that since you haven't watched it yet but the idea that she's been working this hard she never gave up yeah to get back to her boys um is incredible and then um the best part though is that they use the moon theme from the ducktales nintendo game ah consistency yeah like none of that the music all was original like mm. except for the theme song from the original show yeah the yeah yeah the rest of the game was all original music right? yeah but so they brought that song from the moon theme into that and they made it as a lullaby yeah that she would sing to huey dewey and louie oh wow and so there's two times she sings it yeah and then, like, she uses that to, like, solve, like, an issue. But then there's also a flashback. And, and they have, like, words. Because, obviously, in the Nintendo game, there couldn't be words, right? Because <laughs> it was just, you know, chips, sounds. But she sings the song. And then there's, like, a montage of her, like, figuring things out and getting better. And it's just, it's incredible. It really it's is. So good. Yeah. What, what I was going to say was they, what I did like about how they updated the ducktales to a newer audience so even like the characters are not necessarily the same and they're quite different and not just in the voices because i think back in 87 russie taylor just literally just did huey dewey louie and webby whereas they now got their own sort of voices and they kind of got their own kind of identities and so that was really really a really good thing about the the newer ducktales and yeah, also the, uh, the, the, the newer theme song, which was performed by Felicia Barton. So again, it was a, a woman performing the, the theme song as opposed to, you know, the guy from before. Yeah. And I mean, it's still all the same words. They just kind of added, um, you know, a little bit more of a beat. Yeah. Improved the tempo a little bit, but it's still more like got into the stuff with magica yet oh in the newer series yeah so i'm i'm gonna try and watch more of the the magica stuff but i did uh she's uh exacting revenge on scrooge and 
I think, yeah, the, the Shadow Wars, I think, was the one episode I kind of watched from the newer one with Magica, who was voiced by Catherine Tate. So she's now got a sort of a Cockney-ish kind of accent now. So that was quite uh, interesting. Yeah, no, uh, the, the Magica stuff is kind of the rest of the season, and it's really cool. Yeah. It's really fun. The, the last episode with finishing all that is really cool. Yeah. Definitely watch DuckTales, guys. Like, I, it's, it's actually a show that I will go out of my way to recommend you guys to go back and watch. Not just the newer version, but the older version as well. Definitely watch it. Absolutely. And um, real quick. Go for it. You can watch it now. Um, all the episodes are unlocked on the Disney Now app. I just saw the, um, the like, showrunner post that on Twitter yesterday. And I think um, they're on YouTube as well. I don't think they all are because Disney likes to make their money. Of course. But because the show is about to come back, yeah, they have it where you can catch up and watch everything right now on the app for free. Right. So uh, I really would recommend doing that, especially the way that it ended. Um, Darkwing Duck comes back. And it's voiced by the same guy that used to do Darkwing Duck, Jim Cummings. Woof. Which is really cool. Looking forward to that. Um, there's more to it than that, but um, it's really cool. And they've also, at Comic-Con, teased like, a lot of classic characters are going to come back. Like, even like Rescue Rangers and Tailspin are somehow showing up at some point. Nice. We could talk about DuckTales forever and ever. And you know what? I think maybe we should one day just come back to it and just really go into it. Because I think it's fantastic it's brilliant and like i said definitely go back and go out of your way to watch it and that will bring us to the end of this podcast if you uh want to listen to it and you know go back obviously we're on uh, youtube so check out some of the content we've got on youtube you know like subscribe we're available on pretty much all of the podcast platforms so we kind of cater for everybody you can follow us on Twitter at Yesterday Capers. You can follow us on Instagram at Yesterday's Capers One. If you've got any emails, you know, do what Thomas did and email us at yesterdayscapers at gmail.com for questions, queries, comments, all that good stuff. Chris, where can we find you on socials? So uh, I am Cool C everywhere, Twitter and Instagram. Just uh, recently over the week, I just got really into TikTok. So if you want to get into TikTok and follow me there, you can. I'm awesome dude on that. A-W-S-M-D-O-O-D. Because spelling it out was already taken. <laughs> <laughs> naturally, naturally. And yeah, you could uh, you could find me on Twitter at Abdullah Molim, all one word. And you can find me on Instagram at Abdullah underscore Molim. Thank you so much for listening. Catch us next week for another episode of Yesterday's Capers. Cheers, Chris. See you later, Abs.